Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're about to listen to Bananas for Bonanza, episode 17. This is Andy Daly. Hello. Here on this free feed, I'll be re-releasing all of the back episodes of Bananas for Bonanza one every other week. If you want to hear new episodes ad-free, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash andydaily. The entire Bananas for Bonanza archive is also waiting for you there, and you can access lots and lots of bonus content. So do that. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy. Bonanza, it's the finest show alive So consult your TV guide, get your great outdoors inside Take some Ponderosa pride and forever make it Unless anybody can think of a reason that we should not begin this episode of Bananas for Bonanza, <laughs> I move that we begin this episode of Bananas for Bonanza. Second Here it comes. Second it. You ready? Second it. Well, I'm starting with it. All in favor. Well, all in favor. All, all right. All well, in let's, favor. If we're going to do it, let's do it. All in favor, say aye. 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 The motion carries, and we shall open this episode of Bananas for Bonanza with a customary yee-haw. But this time, unlike other times, I'm not giving any warning that it's coming. Here it comes. Yee-haw! Nice. Okay, Mutt Taylor, you just fired a bullet in the air. Whose name was on it this time, Mutt? This time I did a little bit of a tribute, and I wrote the name of a one Jack Lord and shot it over to the way of Hawaii, Mauna Loa to be exact, where it could melt into a volcano and ooze out as a molten magma and maybe find the ashy grave of that long-gone vagabond. Oh, my goodness. Yes, indeed. That's Jack Lord. He's a uh, you might know him from Hawaii Five-0, uh, but he is a guest star in this episode of Bonanza. Not just any guest star. He's all, he's all over it, man. Oh, man, he's all over it. So that bullet was especially for Jack Lord down there in Hawaii, where he is, I believe, dead. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I, I think that's the only uh, assumption. Yep. We believe he's dead in Hawaii. Uh, okay, well, that is Mutt Taylor, and this is... Wait, let me say what I say here. Hello, friend. Come on in. The gate is open wide. Welcome to Bananas for Bonanza. I am your host, Dalton Wilcox, cowboy, cowboy poet, poet laureate of the West, and the number one fan of the number one show in the history of television, Bonanza. And folks, we're ringing in 2021. You know, we're not recording it in 2021, but we're you're, you're hearing it then. And we're ringing it in with a damn fine episode with some very special guests. Holy shit, I can't wait to tell you who's here. True friends of, of the show and of the Western lifestyle generally and wonderful fellas are here. And we're going to be talking about season one, episode 17, The Outcast, an episode in which a beautiful woman comes into the lives of our heroes and does not die. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> it's incredible. She is not accidentally shot with a bullet that was meant for Adam or accidentally stabbed with a pitchfork that was meant for Joe. <laughs> It makes me think that maybe they made a mistake. I wonder. This woman never one time coughs up blood into a handkerchief. Nothing, nothing bad. She never, she doesn't get her skull crushed with a rock by a hoss like that bear, that beautiful lady bear in the last episode we watched. Nothing bad happens to her. So and she even makes money honestly through eggs. Yes, yeah. she does. That's yeah, she's true. a pioneer in selling her own eggs. I didn't know it went back that far. It's, and she can hold a shotgun just fine, too. That second, third voice you heard, in addition to mine and Mutt Taylor's, was that of Amy Slaverson, our other yes. co-host on this show. Hi, Amy. Yes. How are you? Hello. I'm very good. I'm very excited to promote my new payroll services for Christians. It's called Two Masters Payroll. <laughs> we give deliver payroll directly to you. Uh, but via gold <laughs> nuggets and it's automated tithing solution where we take 10% off the gross for you. So you don't even have to think about it. What a great wow. idea. So this is, let's say I'm a businessman and I sign up with your payroll service because I want to, my employees are going to be paid through your payroll service. I send my money to you and you send it to my employees in the form of gold minus Minus, you, you also take out Social Security. Minus the chunk of gold for, we send it to Jesus's tombs in um, the Holy Sepulchre Church in, in Jerusalem, which is there. We send it directly to Jesus. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good idea. I don't know what everybody else is doing with all the collections from church. You're sending it straight to Jesus. You know where Jesus is buried? Right in Jerusalem. Well, a little outside. Wow. A little outside, yeah. He couldn't get right in, huh? Well, there is something to do with, it was, you know, whatever the the rules of, you know, I don't know if they had the right licenses and permits. Yeah, zoning, I think, is what it is. There was a big Christian versus, you know, Jewish zoning, I think, at the times. It all comes down to zoning over there. Yep. In the Middle East, if they could just just balance out the zoning board— uh, it would all go down fine. <laughs> but now, but two masters payroll, we do it the way they did it in the 14th century, and that is all in gold and personal service. Wow. Uh oh, personal service. Now wait a minute. I just want to flag one thing. Did you say earlier Jesus's tombs plural? It sounded like you had said. Well, I didn't mean to, but maybe I did because I've been okay. I've been talking to teens a lot lately, and I add a Z to things. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> I'm glad to hear you've been uh, talking to teens lately. That's yeah. good. With a Z, teens. Teens with a Z. <laughs> That's how they do it, these teens. And no, nobody knows how to spell anymore. Well, all right. This is exciting, folks. Uh, we've got, as I mentioned, a great episode, and we've got great guests here to talk about it. My goodness, you know, on every single episode of this show, we've got the guitarsman from the Journeyman on with us. That's Mutt Taylor. Well, today we is joined by the rest of the Journeyman. We got Cubby Lauderborn, and we got Shut McGuffin, and we got Jimmy Blades. The Journeyman are all here. Hey, fellas. Hey, boys. Howdy. Hello, Howdy. gentlemen. Howdy. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw is right. Let's go one at a time, find out what these fellas been up to. Hey, hey there, Shunt McGuffin. How you been? I've been doing quite well. How you been doing? I've been doing great. Well, I've been up to, up to my eyeballs in bonanza business every day. Every, I just wake up here. You know, I'm living right now in a, uh, I'm digging a house, me and my Russian bride. Uh, we live in a system of tunnels underneath a national park. And, uh, that's you know every day it's dig 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 bonanza 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 fortify with a timber just busy 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 and how about you what are you what are you what's your life like these days shut well these days I mean I I have done that I had an earth home it uh, was uh, mostly tornado resistant uh-huh. uh, till a tornado came and ripped it out of the side <laughs> of the hill. I've just been making ketchup sandwiches and selling them out on the sidewalk and then I'd, I'll autograph. Uh, one of the slices of Wonder Bread that they come on, and uh, and uh, people really seem to enjoy that. They ask me where my mask is, and I'm like, I'm not trying to rob you. So I don't know why they uh, keep asking that, but uh, it's a real hit with the kids. Hell, I didn't know you was doing that because I was making just mustard sandwiches up here. We ought to get together sometime. We ought to get together and have a fusion uh, show, a fusion show. You're right. We'll we'll ask some of the wildlife critters to set up an audience and be an audience for us, and we'll do a fusion show. Yeah, it'll be like Snow White had a reality show. With matchup and custard. Ketchup and custard—that's what you call the business. That's right. Are you are you uh, autographing the bread with ketchup? I assume out of a squirt bottle. Well, now I'm glad you brought that up because at <laughs> first, at first I was just using a sharpie, and oh, then okay. people said, "Well, shut! I can't eat this." So uh, I said, "By God, you're right." And then after I, I then I switched to one that one of those magic markers that smells like uh-huh. a blue bear. Yeah, and then. Uh, and then after that, then I started using like ketchup and barbecue sauce. Okay. Yeah. I hate to think of you sitting there trying to make your name legible with a Sharpie on a piece of Wonder Bread. It's not easy. You got to soak and make a lot of awkward conversation while you're letting that <laughs> letter. So you're talking to, you know, and you find out a lot about people and you forget it real quick. Uh-huh. All right. Well, it sounds like things are going great for you. How about you, Cubby Lauderborn? What you up to? Where are you, man? Where am I? I'm out. I'm outside of oh. the Winter Springs Mall on my break. I've been managing a Hickory Farms kiosk inside the mall. <gasps> I love Hickory Farms. Hickory Everyone Farms. does. And Man, because oh it's not a brick and mortar store inside the mall, it's actually one of them kiosks in the middle. Ain't nobody got to wear a mask. It's meats you can <laughs> it's touch. It's open air. It is meats you can touch. I tell people that. Well, you know, I don't mean to be uh, in any way disparaging, but I can't tell the difference between Amy and Cubby. Your voices are the same register. It's incredible. Oh, 
That's not true. No, we never sound the same. <laughs> we what are you talking about? Uh, That's crazy. I'm wild, man. <laughs> yeah, but just the same. But uh, when you speak, just say say I'm I'm Amy or I'm Cubby. Every time you speak, <laughs> doesn't have to be at the very beginning of the sentence. You could say it in the middle. You How it. Okay, so I well, I just tell you, you can come on down and get some spreadable cheese snacks. You can get yeah. some meats. You can get some wine. We got gift baskets, Cubby. Can I get me some summer sausage out there? You can get summer sausage, autumn sausage. We got every season of the year. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, you're telling me this Cubby. is a mall. This mall is open for business. Oh, yeah. But you got to wear can... a mask in the stores. You want to go to Foot Action USA? You got to wear a mask. <laughs> not, not, not in the middle, though. It's open air. Wow. I didn't know the malls had that policy, so, but it makes perfect sense because you're handing out free samples. How's somebody going to enjoy a free sample if they got a goddamn mask on their face? Damn right, Dalton. This is Cuppy. <laughs> Thank you. That helps. And Jimmy Blades. What are you up to, Jimmy Blades? Hi there, Dalton. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Who's this? Oh, no. I was just kidding. And that's uh, part of my one-man show there. It's called Cubby Meets Amy. And uh, it's been performing uh, for a few weeks now. Uh, I'm just glad to be back, Dalton. Thank you very much for having me. We're delighted you're here. Thank you, you know, so much. You uh, know, the journeymen have not been able to tour of late because of the... The awful pandemic, and uh, so we've had to come up with other ways of making revenue, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I had an idea that I've been I've been following up on. You know, uh, you know how they got all these applications now on your phone. Oh yeah, yeah. they call them apps, don't they? Do they? With a Z. A it was a Z. Right? With yeah. a Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the young crowd likes that. Yep, and uh, so I figured I'd, I'd I'd invest in one of those, and they oh. got all these relaxation ones, you know. They oh, got yeah. Headspace, they got Calm, oh yeah, uh, they got others. But I figure, uh-huh. well, there's there there's too much relaxation going on. Right, I think people are getting complacent. There's uh-huh. no productivity anymore. Okay, so I came up with with what I'm calling Dread Space, oh. and it's gonna introduce some anxiety back into people's lives so basically the app is just me it's a recording of me describing oh edward monk paintings <laughs> things like that that are gonna give you the angst that you need to get going in the morning did he do that fellow that the, the alien who's screaming uh, surrounded by paint well i didn't know he was an alien but yeah, <laughs> yeah. i guess i guess he is uh that's the it's uh, it's a kind of Roswell-esque, that painting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you don't have any proof that he's not an alien, he's probably an alien. This is Cubby. Okay. No, wait, no, that wasn't Cubby. Don't, hey, don't misidentify yourself, oh, okay. heaven's sake. What? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> good. You're Amy, and I am, I want to say Dalton. Yeah. All right. And uh, So, Jimmy Blades, how's that going for you? People downloading the Dread Space? I've gotten well, yeah, yeah. I've gotten seven downloads. Whoa, uh, I think five of them may have been my mother, but she was just the first one that I told about. She needed it because she couldn't get herself out of bed at all. Yeah, uh, in the morning. So uh, that's filled her with a lot of anxiety, and now yeah. she's running around crazy, but she's getting a lot done. 
That sounds great to me because I yeah. agree with you. People are people are, are just they become too relaxed. Nobody I, I don't know a single person that has put on a proper pair of pants in nine months. It's just too much relaxation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All, everyone's wearing improper pants. That's Even, right. Yeah. Closest I can do is put on chaps, but with no pants. So you can just kind of see my hips. You know how there's that like cutout spot? Oh, yeah. And you can kind of see my hips. Are you pear shaped? I am. Yes. But upside down pear. (gasps) Wonderful. It's not like muscle. It's more like Eric Haas Cartwright. Yeah. He's an upside down pear. You always stand with your feet exactly together. I've never seen you stand any other way. Just your And on my tippy toes. Yeah, on your tippy toes. Yeah, yeah. but I, what I do is I put on my tightest pair of jeans every damn day. And I have put on 40 pounds. Oh. And I don't care. I put on my <laughs> tightest pair and it is goddamn torture every day where does that 40 pounds go once you squeeze it into the jeans (laughs) you'd be surprised it's uh it goes mostly into my arms and my hands wow do you know that like 40 pounds of fat and just adipose tissue like that can start to get measured in water displacement like boats are so these jeans are 40 pound fat displacement and it'll put you up into your armpit so it looks like you have goiters that you're resting on yeah, it's about like that. Yeah, yeah. Pe- okay. People keep telling me you got to get them goiters looked at. And I, <laughs> that's when I pull out my. It's harder to keep a stake of wood down my pant leg like I like to do to take care of vampires, but I can get it in there. <sighs> well, folks, I'm glad we talked about pants, but now we got more serious business to talk about. We got to talk about this unbelievable episode of Bonanza. This is uh, the seventeenth episode of the first season. Of Bonanza is called the Outcast. Now, what I like to do is I like to uh, uh, share some fun facts with you about the cast of this episode and uh, whatnot. And I've done a little bit of that. I've done a little bit of research and looking into folks in this show. Uh, this show has uh, a guest appearance by an actor by the name of Ed Platt. Oh, yeah. he is. The poor man's Martin Balsam, I think is what they called him in the day. <laughs> and Martin Balsam's the poor man's Ernest Borgnine, so you're two <laughs> levels deep. Yeah, that's right. But he's uh, Ed Platt. You probably know him from uh, he was the chief on Get Smart. He yeah. was the chief of control there. Uh, but he was on a bunch of different things. He was on Bonanza three times with three different characters, which is not unusual. <laughs> it's two of them in one episode. <laughs> one episode. He was on, you know, he was on all the big shows in the day, such as Telephone Time. And <laughs> what was that? Telephone Time was, it was one of those anthology shows where it was, I believe it was every, every time you tuned in, it was a different play by a particular playwright I'd never heard of. But it was about a telephone? About a telephone. He was on the Schlitz Playhouse of Stars, which so many of these folks were on. Yeah. He he played James Dean's understanding juvenile officer in Rebel Without a Cause. So that's pretty good. He was Cary Grant's lawyer in North by Northwest. And, and now I'd like to do a little thing. If y'all saw the episode, a, lot, a little game. This is a new game we'll play called oh. Guess the Age of the Character Actor. So <laughs> how old would you say Ed Platt was in this episode of Bonanza? Who, who'd he play? This is Cubby. Oh, Cubby, he played uh, Harvey Buford. He was the shopkeeper. Oh, foot the foot fetish fella? Uh, yeah, the foot fetish shopkeeper. <laughs> they uh, 40. Yeah. You say 40. 
I feel like I should preface it first that he looks 58, but I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say 42. Okay. This is Cubby 22. (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a bold guess. Price is right style. I'm going low. I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. These are 54. Okay. You say 54. Uh, This is Sean. I'm going to say 39. 39. Okay. This is exciting. This is exciting. Now, now, do we all agree that he looks to be about 58? Yeah. Does that feel about right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ed Platt, at the time that he shot this episode, was 43 years old. Wow. Wow. 43 years old. Wow. That means I believe, Mutt Taylor, you're the winner. Oh, man. I knew I should have gone on the prices, right? Yeah. You said 42. Yep. He was 43 and he looked. 58. That's just how they did it in those days. Yeah. Hurry up and get old. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, episode also has uh, uh, Lita Malvin is played by a woman by the name of Susan Oliver, who uh, she was in all the big shows at the time. The Kaiser Aluminum Hour. That's oh a real one. I got every copy of those because Time Life was doing a thing where they'd sell you either the DVD or the VHS. And I says, mix it up week to week. But I got <laughs> at one copy of at least every episode yeah, on some kind of media. Well, I looked it up. I was hoping it was an hour of talking about aluminum each week. But it apparently it's about, it's another one of these where they put on the 45-minute version of a play each week. It's a whole different show each week. Yeah, and that's a spinoff of a British show called The Kaiser Aluminium Show. It's a, they had they adapted it. Yeah, like Three's Company and All in the Family. Man about the house. I'm with yep. you. Yep. Uh, she was uh, Susan Oliver was in an episode of Star Trek. She was in the the pilot episode, which uh, never aired. She was a space slave covered in green makeup doing a weird sexy dance. Whoa. And she also here's a fun one. She had a big part in the disorderly orderly. As a suicidal mental patient who is so cheered up by Jew- Jerry Lewis's antics that her will to live is restored. So thank you, Jerry. Wow. Je- yeah, Jerry wrote himself a part where his his natural funniness can restore someone's will to live. That seems- I, I think that was just a warm up, wasn't it, to the day that the crown- clown cried. Uh-huh. He was just getting warmed up. Yep. I- was wondering if we could take a second to talk about the name of our show and if it could be called, you know, be sponsored by one of my businesses. Oh, absolutely. The name like, of Bananas for Bonanza? Yeah. The Know Your Place Dating Service Theater. Um, <laughs> and where, where people are, no, you meet your kind. Yeah. Your kind. And I not love other that. kinds. I yeah. can't believe nobody's had that idea before. The and Know Your Place dating service. Yeah. You know, we could do that thing where they take a break in the middle and whoever the announcer is, maybe that's you, Emmy, or whatever, does that little, like, uh, a sponsored ad read for Know Your Place theater. Yeah, you meet it, – it's mostly people who are uh, cowgirls and recently imprisoned. <laughs> and not oh, mutually yeah. exclusive. Yeah. Well, let's give it. Let me take it for a spin. Folks, welcome to the Know Your Place Dating Service Theater, where we talk about Bonanza. I think it works just fine. This is Amy. (laughs) 
My I'm name's thinking. Mutt Taylor, and I simply did not know my place. And then when I used Know Your Place Dating Service Theater, I, I found out I was on a date and in the theater. Thanks, Know Your Place Dating Place Theater. I but- met people who were more my kind. <laughs> That's right. This is not, this is specifically not for ladies that is putting on airs or trying to be like the cart rats. This is for them to know their place. This is not for ladies that survive an episode of Bonanza. The hell no. Uh, I think that's great. Um, uh, the only way you can afford shoes is to prostitute yourself. You want to go to Know Your Place Dating Service. (laughs) Yeah, those were good shoes, too. Uh, Okay, I think it's a great service. Hey, last thing I want to say about Susan Oliver is that her her final screen role was in 1988 on a show called Freddy's Nightmares, which was an anthology series hosted by Freddy Krueger. Oh, sure. That's right. I've been hearing a lot about that lately. You know, Uh we've talked about Freddy Krueger and how you'd kill one and such. Wow. Well, she's been right there in the shadow of it. You know, the other thing about Susan Oliver is that she was uh, quite an aviatrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she became a big aviator. She flew, she was the fourth to fly across the transatlantic uh, trench uh, (laughs) solo. (laughs) She took the the trench route. Is the transatlantic trench just the ocean? Uh, It's a part of it, yeah. Okay. How did you know all that? Well, it's in the wiki. Oh, at the Wikipedia, they got it. And she was, uh, she was also a director, a female director, which when when it was rare, yeah. and uh, she flew, got her pilot's license, and and flew for quite a quite a while. She was very comp. There was a documentary made about her called "The Green Girl," I believe. Wow. That's just oh. smart flying. Let uh, Amelia Earhart go first, see if it works. Turns out it doesn't. Then right. you got to f- fix a few bugs, <laughs> and then go for it. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. Quite a lady. Quite a lady. Speaking of quite a lady, uh, Irene Tedrow played Mrs. Buford, and yeah. uh, she has a very severe face, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> she's got a she's a stern-looking woman. And so I, I looked at some of the other character names that she played over the years. Uh, on Little House on the Prairie, she played a, a character named Minerva Farnsworth. On Columbo, she played a character named Mrs. Charles Wart. <laughs> On the Schlitz Playhouse of Stars, God damn. she played a character named Marion Vanderlip. <laughs> Are you sure you're not looking at Know Your Place Dating Service right now? This is Cubby. Marion Vanderlip, I never even RV'd her smile. This is Cubby. <laughs> it's a good name. She played on something else. She was a Mrs. Ambrose Tutwiller. She played a character named Mrs. Grimhouse. G-R-I-M-H-A-U-S. Wow. And so then, she was allowed to supply her own character names. I guess so. <laughs> Can we play Guess Her Age in this episode? Oh, we could do. Damn it. We should do that. All right. I'm going to look it up. But I also want to tell you that the uh, the last character name I wrote down was Minerva Todd, which means that she, this is a woman who in her career played two Minervas. Wow, that's a great Wallflowers song. I, I may be the only one here that appreciates. Uh, well, now we, no, I, I understand because we, we had a two Minerva solo on one of our albums. That's right. That's right. We had dueling Minervas. Okay, let's see here. This is going to require just a little bit of math. Okay. 
I've got it. All right. Guess the age of Irene Tedrow at the time that she played the Widow Buford, or the uh, Mrs. Buford who becomes the Widow Buford in 40. this episode. You say 40. Okay. Amy says 40. I'll say 45. 45. Okay. This is Kirby 24. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I got burned before, but I'm going to say 50. Okay. Well, oh, I read Jer Jeremy. Uh, who's Jeremy, oh. by the way, first of all? Yeah, who, who is Jeremy? Oh, shut. You're not in. I'm not looking at my screen. I'm going right uh, to say 47 just because the women seem to age better than the men. Uh-huh. That's fair. That's fair. Well, Irene Tedrow was born in 1907, so she'd have been 52 at the time this episode was made. Wow. Okay. How old would you say she looks in this episode? Is that rude to say? I think she looks older than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's no Ed Platt, but I'd put her in her mid to late 50s. Yeah, I'd say. Hurry up, get old, Irene. The good parts are out there for stern <laughs> librarians and widows. Uh, and then finally. I'm, I'm yep. not old enough to be in show business. Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. This is Cubby. <laughs> Thank you. Ladies, don't even try to get into show business until your face looks leathery. Gotta wait. All right. The last guest star on this episode was a fellow by the name of Jack Lord. Ooh, wow. Good heavens. Jack Lord was uh, the star of Hawaii Five-O, which was somehow on the air for 12 years and only managed to make a paltry 279 <laughs> episodes. What were they doing down there? He's fooling around. That's he what played it's like in tropical climates. They can't get themselves to do anything. I'd say. Yeah. Maybe but, my app would help. Yeah, they should have had your app down there. Was that, that Cubby? Might have been. <laughs> if they had woke up every day to a dose of uh, dread space, you would have had Jack Lord say, guys, we've got to make an episode of Hawaii Five-O today. What are we doing? Get off your surfboards, gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, about 60 years too late. He, 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 oops. <clears throat> he, uh, he was uh, Felix Leiter, the first Felix Leiter in Dr. No. Did you oh. know that? Yeah, I knew something about that. I got yep. this friend that's really into James Bond. But oh, yeah. I can tell you a thing. Now, he was known, apparently, for wanting to supply some of his own costume and wardrobe. Oh, and th really? That explains why, as Felix Ladder, he is, I shit you not, wearing ladies' cat's eye sunglasses. Well, how interesting. He's a CIA, He plays a CIA agent. Yeah. Isn't that correct? And he's wearing ladies' glasses. All right. Well, yeah. interesting. Uh, all right, that was Jack Lord. Now, I understand that Jack Lord, despite being dead, uh, made an appearance recently on uh, on the new Hawaii Five-0. Is that right? That's correct. My understanding is it was going to be the season finale, or series finale, I think. And uh, uh, I'm not sure they used it because they had to put him in computer graphically because he'd been long dead. Right. And did you say, is there a video clip of that? There is. Now, Should I'm going to play it for you to show you what the technology was like at the time, which is virtually non-existent here. What um, year was it? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'll look into that. Uh, you'll notice that the video is really dark, and I think that's clearly on purpose because they knew what they had there, and uh, it wasn't much. 
Okay, I got this pulled up. You see it? Yeah, I see it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Sorry, I didn't realize anyone was in here. That's all right. Hey, I can leave. If... No, it's okay. I, I can use the Oof. company. <laughs> okay. What in the world? You notice they don't stay My on too surgery. long. No, they don't. I'm sorry to hear that. She beat cancer a few years back and put up with me for 45 years. So this should be a walk in the park. It's real weird that we're not seeing him for any of this speech. <laughs> oh, no. He looks like one what of the Thunderbirds. That is bizarre. Work-related injury. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like he's having asking, a conversation with a Disneyland. It's a Lincoln. 5 task force. That is disastrous. Wow. What? I was a cop, too. Oh, my God. <gasps> Long time ago. The less he moves, the better it is. That's for sure. You were a cop. You've been married for 45 years. What's your secret? He oh, kind of looks like no Charlie secret. McCarthy, the ventriloquial figure. The right yeah. Yeah. Huh. This is called faith-based what about watching. You? You're married? Where you just, Girlfriend? you have to believe. No. All right, I think I can't take any more of that. Yeah, it looks like a, he looks like a um, a video game zombie, is what I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. You're playing yeah. a video game, you encounter a zombie, looks like Jack Lord in Hawaii Five-O, the new one. So are we going to play the game of uh, how many years dead is he when this was filmed? <laughs> How much sure. goes to his pension plan if it's his dead personage being showed in a movie? I don't I know how to do the calculations. I got to learn. I did mention this earlier, but the true story is his estate is owned by a bank, and they had to approach the bank for permission to do this, and they said, hell yes. We have no emotional connection to this man, and we're in the business of making money. Take him and more. Yeah. His estate is owned by a bank. How I don't know how that ends up happening. Was he? Did he die and hock to a bank, I guess? I don't know, but you know that uh, jazz saxophonist Paul Desmond, he didn't have any heirs, so he willed all his royalties to the Red Cross. To, so to this day, if you stream Paul Desmond on Spotify, that money's going to charity. Oh, really? Isn't that nice? That is nice. I think I'm single-handedly keeping that charity of business too. I get you. Are. I haven't heard of that artist. Well, good for Jack Lord then giving some money finally to the banks. We ought to send that <laughs> bank a Hickory Farm sympathy gift basket. We could send them a signature flavors basket, a favorite flavors basket, a give back gift box, a classic you... chocolates gift set. This is Cubby. Cubby, Cubby, do you have anything like a special occasion gift for someone who dies of gun violence within their own home? Oh, yeah. We could send you a honey gold spiral sliced ham. <laughs> oh, because I kind of hope to get into that market. Yeah, come Wait, on what market exactly? Mall. I'll, I'll help you out. Okay. You're, the, the market of sending food to the survivors of someone who has perished from gun violence in their own home, that's the market you're hoping to get into? It's going up 27% every year. Oh, really? Yes. And it that's just by suicide. Oh, 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 okay. Well, then that is a growth market. That's what they call a growth market. So if people, she were, If she weren't a fictional character, I'd send one of these baskets to the Wit of Buford. 
Oh yeah. She could use it. Yeah. Poor. Yeah. Her husband died at the, well, I don't want to give it away. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we're going to get into it. We're going to go scene by scene for this episode of Bonanza. And this is a good time to take a break. We're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go scene by scene. Season one, episode 17, the outcast. Anybody else have any other business before we take a break? Just okay. to say this is the Know Your Place theater. Oh, yeah. Know Your Place dating service theater. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll be right back. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the Know Your Place Dating Service Theater, where we're talking about Bonanza, Season 1, Episode 17, The Outcast. This episode starts out real strong with some really, really lively music. This music is not subtle about the fact that there's danger in Virginia City as our heroes ride in quick on their horses. The town seems to be deserted. There's nobody there. They check the jail. There's nobody there. And then they ride on to where there's a big mob. And uh, the uh, basically what's happening is they're hanging a couple of guys. We only get to see their feet, but we can guess that the rest of them is hanging from nooses. And uh, there's a woman who's real sad about it and ben is on her side i think that's basically what we learned in that first scene there and this woman well it's her it's her brother and her father who've been hung by the angry mob in virginia city and then then we go up to the did you um, notice that, excuse me dalton did yeah, you notice please. that that when uh when when lita the, the young lady is, is going there and ben wants to protect her uh, he has uh, little Joe basically wrestle her to the ground, <laughs> dislocating a shoulder to protect her from seeing seeing the sight. Oh yeah, she shouldn't see this, and so little Joe just like manhandles really her manhandles her to the ground. Yeah, I thought was brave. There were a lot of rugby moves in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. well, the Cartwrights can't... always take the moral high ground. Yeah, they sure do, even if it means getting down and dirty in the dirt. Yeah. Well, 
Then we have the opening credits where uh, this turns out to be the 17th episode with the burning map in the opening credits, 17th episode of Bonanza, and the first episode of Bonanza that then cuts to a chapter title card at the end of the credits. Oh. I believe this will be a fixture from here forward, but it only happens for the first time in this episode. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Historically significant. And then... Then we go to the Ponderosa Ranch House. Now, the our heroes, the Cartwrights, have brought this woman, Lita Mal- Malvitt, who, uh, who's uh, lost her father and her brother. They brought her to the Ponderosa to kind of recuperate from the shock of having the crap beat out of her by little Joe. <laughs> yeah, you have. She had to lie down therapy. <laughs> yeah. And the the doctor is there. We've seen this doctor before, but I've never quite noticed how how slim his medical bag is before. He's got. (laughs) Well, he didn't he didn't have to do much. I think one of the things he says there is he says the only other thing I can prescribe is time, which must have been nice. You know, being a a doctor back then when all you had to do was prescribe the inevitable. (laughs) Yeah, all he's got in that medical bag is a is a watch. Don't Maybe worry. I could be a, a doctor. I could be a doctor of the wait and see school. <laughs> Don't worry. She'll be able to act again in 50 years when her face is all leathery. He did. He did have uh, another thing in there. He had that tiny bottle of cocaine. So oh, yeah. There he was that little t- Here, give her this. No, he doesn't tell him what it is or how often. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. You're right. Is it a suppository? Do you take it orally? What do you do with it? He hands, yeah, that's right. He hands Ben a little glass tube and says, "Give her this." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, see if she figures it out. <laughs> Is it's it topical? T- Is it internal? It's a yeah. tavern puzzle. <laughs> 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 yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> I love puzzles. Oh boy, Me too. puzzles are the best. Well, then you get uh, uh, the next scene has little Joe firing off a whole bunch of bullets with no warning about ten feet away from his brother. It's and that horse. reckless. Chub the horse and chub the horse. Yeah, freaking out horses. That's a crazy thing to I, do. I got a question about Haas. I woke up in the middle of the night with the sweats, and I need you guys to answer something for me. Oh, boy. Did you have the Haas sweats? I did. Something awful. So bad I couldn't sit down. Let me tell you, I thought about this. His nickname's Haas, right? Right. We know that to be H-O-S-S. We know his first name's Eric. Yeah. Is Haas just deep Southern gentleman dialect for horse? I was riding my horse. I believe that is the case. I've always assumed. I never knew that. Oh, I always assumed that they're calling him horse in a in a Western style. Shit. As strong as a horse. As strong as a horse. You've just blown my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was some kind of term that they came up for somebody that was a boss man. Oh, wow. Maybe he's a horse boss. Or a, a cajoncho and a boss portmanteaued together. Like Haas Skaggs? Yeah, or he could have been a boncho. <laughs> These I days. Just, uh, I, I thought it was short for Haas and Pfeffer. Oh, oh, cook, cook. That's right. Yep. No, I believe they're. I believe what they're saying is, you are as big as, as strong as, and as dumb as a horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
and is lucky in love. Yeah. Oh, man. Sad. Well, then uh, 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 uprides Clay Renton, and that's our Jack Lord. And he's nobody seems to like him very much. And uh, uh, but he wants to go in and talk to Lita. And they uh, and ultimately it's Hoss who says, you might do her some good. Can't do her any bad. So they let <laughs> they let him in and talk wow. to her. That was pretty good. Well, thanks. I'm working on my Hoss. And uh, she's thrilled to see him. And uh, uh, they, they're he's kind of like it's you and me against the world type of vibe from him on there on there, and then after he leaves, it turns out he and Joe have had some good times together in the past. They say I don't know why, what that why why is that element in our story? I do not know, but uh, Clay I think it was to juxtapose that they're the same age, oh. and that little Joe has lived a clean life. Oh, there and, you go. And uh, Mr. Renton has lived, uh, he's got some prison ahead of him, we understand. Two uh, prison oh. terms. He's been to jail two times already. Two he, prison terms. Yeah, two coming. prison terms. Which is sometimes a real benefit when you're looking t- to meet someone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Prison. prison. Yeah, you've got time in your hands and you're going back to school and you're not accumulating debt. Oh, Oh, yeah. I'm That's, always very impressed whenever I hear that somebody has uh, met a woman and got <laughs> married while being in jail. I think that is wonderful. Shunt's yeah. done it a couple times. Who's done it? Shunt. Oh, Shunt, have you have you had been married in jail a few times? <clears throat> well, uh, yeah, it was the same woman twice. Oh, okay. You you had one of those uh, Liz Taylor, Richard Burton. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Did you know she was your kind? I did. I I knew the second she tried to sneak in some sort of paraphernalia, not un, unlike the what the doctor handed Ben <laughs> bag. Did and, you know uh, what to do with it, or did they just throw it on the floor and say, "Knock yourself out"? I tried a variety of options. <laughs> so so Shunt, the 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 judge prescribed you time as well. Yeah. <laughs> hard time. Only thing I can think it's is the time. Hardest kind. <laughs> well, so uh, b- 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 old Ben Cartwright has a piece of wisdom in this scene. He says, a man can't tell a woman who to love. Oh, isn't that mm. true? Yeah. Oh, w- would be good if we could, though. It seems unfair that we can't. Yeah, um, uh, Amy, is that is that right? A, a man well, can't? I didn't want to bring it up oh. this early, but um, I was just going to... I've never told you about my husband and how we met. Oh, no, you haven't. Mm. My husband, um, well, he's a sapient, um, very articulate man of many pieces. He's a Frankenstein. Oh, I beg your pardon? What? I beg your Um, pardon? We had a dear friend in common named Vic, and um, he said, oh, I got this friend, and, you know... I haven't been able to to make a woman for him. Would you want to be that gal? Good and, heavens! And so, uh, my husband's a Frankenstein. Don't Good you? Lord! What? This is shocking information. Oh You're telling God. me that your husband is has been stitched together from multiple corpses. Yes. <laughs> 
Good Lord. Does he got bolts in his neck and everything? Yes. It was, he's, Vic is an alchemist. He does, he does a good job. He brought him to life and then. I can't believe this. Your husband's a Frankenstein. I mean, he, I, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm, I'm, I'm a, sorry to say I'm honor bound to chase him into the sea with a flaming torch. That's why I was worried about That's why I didn't want you guys to meet. Oh, well, uh, you should prevent us from meeting until you're f- fully tired of him, because I, I have killed many a Frankenstein in my time. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not supposed to talk about it on this podcast. I made a solemn vow to Earwolf that I will not talk about my monster slaughtering, and I never have, even the one time on this podcast. And I'm not doing it now, neither. But I've killed dozens of hundreds of Frankensteins in my time. And I I will not hesitate to take care of your husband. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll I'll slap you in the face so hard you won't have seen that coming. Man, oh man, this is shocking. Well, I'll try to persevere in the rest of this episode, knowing, as I do now, that your husband is a freak of science. And uh, it sounds like this fellow was trying to make him a bride, but it, 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 it didn't work out. And so he ended up. Marrying you? Well, well you're, you're the it, new bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, he knew it was evil to that he shouldn't have machinated flesh, and then he he. But it was too late. It was oh, too late. Right. And then he was so lonely, and and he was making so much noise in the basement. And he says, "He says, Amy, I have someone. To, you, you. I think you guys would get along, and we do." <laughs> Well, so, it is true. I mean, that's part of what stings so bad is you guys have a wonderful relationship. Everything I've heard about your relationship just sounds fantastic. So it's it stings. But don't but I, I think I can change your mind about Frankenstein's because I started a new reputation rebuilder service. It's called the suppressor. And for seventy five hundred dollars, I can go to your small town and change people's minds about you. Um, not just on the internet, but in public, I tell people, you know, that, that Frankensteins are good and not evil. And, and I started that based on my marriage to my husband, where it's like, everyone assumes all this stuff about him. (laughs) And some of it's true, but there's no need that should be the first thing you read when you do a search engine. Well, man, oh, man, you got your work cut out for you if you're going to try and persuade people Frankenstein's is good. That ain't not that not going to be easy. I don't uh, think. Unbelievable. Amy, I, I was wondering if I could hire you for that service because I have been doing this one thing up around these Ponderosa parts where I put on those uh, leather jack spikes, the lumberjack spike shoes that you can climb trees real quick with. And I've been climbing up ponderosa pines wearing nothing but them spike shoes and white briefs and people have been calling me the, the chupacabra of the ponderosa and i do wish i could have that kind of wiped clean well i gotta tell you that happened with me with my business lots daughters i had been spending out sending out candles with the blood of christ in them in god-driven packaging packaging that i it was it came through me you know, it wasn't really my packaging. Yeah. It was, it was stuff. Anyways, I had to go, you know, make sure that rewrite 25 new bios about myself online so that people, you know, would still go to my business. So I can do that. <laughs> 
Okay. We'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> 25 bios, man. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you guys have a project on your hands. Okay. Are they, hey, are those the kind of shoes that got spikes on the toes? Is that how they work? Yeah, and the insides. Yeah, okay. So you climb it kind of like a monkey would, but then just yeah. imagine a real white guy in just white briefs and just those spike shoes scurrying yeah. up real quick. You get up real quick. Yeah, that sounds disturbing. All right, but back to this episode now. We what, what we basically learn here, what we find out, Clay Renton is part of a gang of bad guys led by a fellow named Spence, and they have been trying to rob the stagecoach thinking that the payroll for everybody that works on the Ponderosa, all those people we'd never have met before in 17 <laughs> episodes, the, the payroll for all those guys must be coming in on the stagecoach. And uh, and so they've been trying to rob that stagecoach and get all that money. And in the process, that's why uh, it was uh, Lita's uh, husband and father, uh, brother and father that uh, shot two innocent people on a failed attempt to rob the stagecoach. And that's why they ended up getting hung. These are all the bunch of things we've learned. And we also learned that Lita, she doesn't, she's not involved in any crime. She doesn't benefit from it at all. She makes her living by selling the eggs that her chickens spit out. And that's all, that's all she's ever been doing. And uh, Ben Cartwright takes her home. Uh, what happens there? Ben Cartwright takes her home and Clay's waiting for her at home. And uh, here's what I want to get to. I'm going to show a clip now where we got Lita. She gets herself all gussied up to bring her eggs into Buford's, Harvey Buford's store. I guess it's a dry goods store and uh, sells his e her eggs. And then we have a scene here where Mr. Buford is just, he's a married man, but he's looking for love. <laughs> well, she is selling her eggs. She is selling her eggs. And she did get herself all dressed up. And uh, I think it's fair to say he's got a thing for feet. Okay, ready? <laughs> Here we go. And this is a this is Chief from Get Smart. Uh, here, putting the moves on Lita Malvet. Let's see what my volume is like. Too loud? That sounds all right to me. Sounds all right to you? Mm-hmm. He made sure his customers have left. The store is empty. He approaches with his hands on his vest. He smooths out the front of his pants. <laughs> and how old is he again here? 40. What? He's 43. Look at him. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. He's been road hard and put away old. I can't tell by his voice if he's ever smoked cigarettes. <laughs> Do you mean if he's ever not smoked cigarettes? He is about as close as you can get to a human being. And now here he is. Just your size, too. He's down by Finish her feet with a pair I'll of leather my shoes. The eggs now. Oh, oh, I didn't mean nothing by looking up your dress. Yeah. I can't afford them. If you'll give me the pay, Mr. Buford. She can can't afford, afford those shoes. Look what he does. He puts the shoes in the egg basket and covers them over. You got a pair of shoes, Yeah. Lee? I told you I couldn't afford them. I just want to be nice and friendly. Oh, boy. Uh -huh. I could come out to your cabin of an evening once in a while and and pick up the eggs. And if, oh, oh, that was a hell of a slap. And in walks Clay Renton. That's why I don't do door-to-door -door sales anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. 
So she just went in there to sell her eggs as per usual. Next thing she knows, he's he's fitting her for a fancy pair of leather shoes and he wants to come by her cabin. Now that now that her father and brother is dead, he figures she's there all alone. I can get some sex business. Yeah. Some eggs. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sex business. What it's hard creep. to see the chief be bad. It is hard. I, I feel like if Maxwell Smart knew about this man's past, it would change his attitude toward yeah, risking what would life. Jaime the robot say? <laughs> hard it's to also imagine. hard to know. It's hard to know if it's pronounced Buford or Buford. This is coming. It does seem to change, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> Whichever way the wind's blowing, that's what we're calling them. Well, the liquid U had just been invented. Yeah, yeah the solid and U had been around since the early 1800s. But back then, a liquid U meant that it could change. It was liquid. It could go from liquid yeah, to non-liquid. They were vowel liquid. Now, we hadn't yet encountered the gaseous U. <laughs> <laughs> what does that sound like? What's the gaseous U say? <laughs> oh, okay. This is yeah, that was that was but <laughs> I've heard that a few times. Yeah. Well, what are you supposed to do? You've right, you got a character whose name is spelled B-U-F-O-R-D. You're supposed to tell the whole cast one way to say it. Give me a <laughs> <laughs> Well, now we find out. Yeah, it's a real problem for these Cartwrights to get their $50,000 in payroll for invisible employees onto the Ponderosa. And one way they've been doing it is they've been sneaking it in uh, uh, buried under a pile of wood. Pretty clever. And uh, and then we have a scene here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go right in and show you another clip. This is uh, now the bad guys are they're camped out somewhere on the Ponderosa trying to figure out how they're going to get their hands on that payroll. And they have a scene here. And the main bad guy, a fellow by the name of, of uh, Spence, uh, it, it, they ha have some beef with Clay. Clay wants to be the, the new bad And they had a little uh, altercation in the previous scene. And one of the things we learned from that scene was, oh, it's not smart to try to draw your gun on Spence because I guess Spence is a fast, fast hand with a gun. Spence now, does look a lot like one of the fellers doing mall security at the Winter Springs Mall, I might say. Oh, well, he does? He doesn't look too intimidating to me is what I'm saying. <laughs> he has a mall security body. <laughs> he looks like a dinner roll face. <laughs> He's got the face of a dinner roll. Yeah, somehow his head is just pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah. He also, I'm by the saying, way... if you got a feller in your show that you don't want to outdraw, he might need to look like you can't outdraw him. <laughs> well, that's why he's so successful, because everybody thinks, I can take my time with this city slayer. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. By it's the way, this, this actor is another Bonanza three-timer. This, wow. is, this is the first of three appearances on Bonanza for this guy, too. <clears throat> Good so, for him. Maybe they found more fitting roles for him later on. <laughs> but all right, here we go. This is a showdown between Clay and Spence, both bad guys. Share my screen. Here we go. And it's an interesting shootout that occurs here. Let's, let's take a look. I don't want no part of a cheap two-bit holdup. I came here after big money, and that's what I'm going to get. I told you before. <laughs> yeah, you didn't look too You tall. think too small. You think too small. You've been living on egg money too long. Uh, he's Ooh. got the posture of a question mark. 
Looks so like he got the draw on him. Time, yep, he turned his back on Clay, and Clay wow. pulled his gun. First time in history. Up to man size. And then Clay shoots him oh, right in the belt. No. And then in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's dead. Wow. <laughs> Here's my question. Yeah. Does, does the tactic of taunting a man pointing a gun at you ever work? <laughs> Does that it ever does. shame them out of it, or does it just make them want to kill you? I believe Shunt can speak to that. <clears throat> I see. Uh, I've only se- I've seen it fifty fifty. <laughs> oh, I see. It's got uh, it works fifty percent. Fifty percent of the time you can shame them out of it. The other fifty percent of the time you you you're just gonna egg them on. Yeah, what he basically says is. Huh. What are you going to do with that gun you got aimed at me, little boy? You ain't got no bullets in that. Prove it. Yeah, it would take a man to shoot me. What are you? (laughs) I'll give you $100 if you shoot me. And keep in mind, the scene before, he had slapped Clay. So it's like he is harboring all kinds of stuff, and he's just like, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say, the argument they're having... It, it, I think I might take Spence's side on it because uh, Renton's plan is that in order to take down the transport of the of the payroll, they need money. They need new horses. So they're going to commit one robbery to buy new horses to commit the second robbery. Could, yeah. Couldn't they just... Couldn't they just feed their own horses, get them back healthy again, and use those? That's the problem. Spence says, we can't go after the payroll. Our horses are hungry. And Clay says, well, we'll get new horses. (laughs) (laughs) And this plan could take years. That shocked me right there because uh, it it didn't look like Spence had been sacrificing any meals. (laughs) Which led me to think, well, what if you were planning this to be out there for six months, if you have to be, like he said at one point, really? Well, then you didn't plan to bring food along for the horses. You just figured you'd be a bunch of starving fellows on starving horses trying to hold up healthy men with a bunch of money. Yeah, I, I'm confused. When you guys are saying horses, do you mean hosses? Oh, I don't think I think in this case, it's actual like four legged horses. I don't get I the rules. I don't get the rules. It, it is hard. They aren't riding hoss and pfeffers. Yeah, this is the liquid R. OK, is what. So when you're building a like a construction site and you use a saw hoss, oh, brother, well, I suppose so. Okay. We're getting in the weeds. And way deep in the weeds. Sorry. But I did think it was interesting in that scene. It's one of these times, this happened on the show before, where somebody gets shot, but they didn't tell the actor, like, what part of your body you can <laughs> grab onto when you're shot. Remember the time we had a we had a Native American people's person who was shot and and the bullet wound went all from the back of the hand to the forearm. He was just ow ow. Like, not quite sure where the bullet hit me. Well, and what this, are they supposed to do? Tell every actor where they got shot? No, yeah. there's no time for that. There's no time for it. But he he appears to have been shot in the belt. Uh, <laughs> And then the second <laughs> shot is Jack Lord is just clearly aiming toward the ground. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's like, I'm going to shoot you, and here's one in the ground for when you fall. So you're going <laughs> to. Well, gonna both of his shots, really, I mean, they were both gun safety. Oh, so yeah. He aimed way over here and Spence is that way. And then he shoots down, like, 
okay, they want another shot. And they also don't fully commit to it. Like, yeah, and, and it's never, let me tell you, previously on Bonanza, never been a problem to aim a gun and shoot it right at someone's torso. <laughs> right. Maybe this time, maybe, you know how on on a set, the prop guy will come up and say, okay, I'm going to show you now. There's no real bullets in here. This is not a real gun. Maybe on this particular day, the prop guy came up and said, look, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any blanks. I only got real bullets. Will you just aim it about five inches that way? <laughs> We'll set up a mattress on the far side of the set. Something like that. Well, hey, Dalton, okay. Yep. Dalton, are we just going to breeze right by the Cartwright's plan to dress as women on a on a <laughs> cart to get the payroll through? I almost I hoping we'd it. see that the end of the episode. We never do. Boy, they overpromise and underdeliver. This is Cubby. I know. And and they had a dressmaker in the episode too. It would have been so easy. And uh, yeah, what were you going to say something about that, Amy? Well, just that with the dressmaking, you think she could make money doing that more than eggs? <laughs> you would think that's true. She has an entirely egg-based income. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what I do. I like like to have multiple streams of income so that Boy. you know if something dries up. She yeah. should make little dresses for the eggs and sell the eggs <gasps> and little dresses. That's a nice Egg idea. dresses. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful <gasps> idea. Yeah. I'm well, going to get on that. Yeah. So uh, uh, it has developed in these over these 17 episodes that Hoss and Little Joe is kind of a comedy duo. They they have it's lots of funny stuff happens between them. And so so when they're talking about uh, Joe, Joe's teasing Hoss, saying that they're, from now on, they're going to sneak the payroll onto the ranch by dressing up Hoss like a woman. And Hoss gets all bothered. So that's that's just some of their good times and fun laughter. As good of a plan as burying it under a bunch of logs. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no one would think to look under some wood. <laughs> well, now, what do we have here? Well, okay, Clay proposes marriage to Lita then, so she's going to get married. And then Haas drops by, and she's all excited. She's made a wedding dress, and Haas says, oh, uh, uh, something to put in your hope chest, which is uh, <laughs> I, I, a little bit insulting, isn't it? <laughs> if if somebody says to you, hey, I've made myself a wedding dress, and you say, oh, just to put in a box for some future time? <laughs> put in a time capsule? <laughs> Are you going to put that in a time capsule? Nice vision board, Ugmo. Your body won't change at all from the time you made the dress until the point where you actually marry somebody. Yeah. But uh, no, what he didn't want to hear is the truth. She is planning to marry that Clay Renton, and he is bad news. And he 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 makes no effort to hide his disappointment at this news. He doesn't even say, "Well, oh, well, good for you." Are you sure? He's just flat out just <laughs> getting married to that jerk. Rude. But she's happy. She starts dancing around her house with her wedding dress, singing a nonsense tune, <laughs> and. Those are free. <laughs> nonsense tunes are free. Royalty-free nonsense. Royalty-free nonsense. Yeah. Well, I would yeah. say just about any song that that character would know would be free, but yeah. she instead sings, ba da dee da ba ba da ba <laughs> Hey, on that burning map that we see at the top of the show, 
Yes, yes. How many churches are there in Virginia City? Because it seems to me she wants to get married in the best church in Virginia City, which would beg the question, how many are there? This how is many are there? And are we all in agreement about which one's best? Well, there is a street uh, in Virginia City called Church Row, and it's just 18 churches in a, in a row. And oh, you can yeah. do like a pub crawl, but for churches where you get drunk and yeah, do they have like a Yelp review of which one's the best? Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It's you, the third, you, the third have one. you guys heard about live action role play and ever thought about how we could act out these episodes ourselves? Oh, oh man, live action role is that what LARP stands for? I've heard of LARP. Yeah, I I called dibs on Lita. Oh. I, I don't. I, I don't even know who to call dibs on. I want to. Oh man, they're all so great. I, I want to be Adam because I've been working on my smug look. Okay. How big are your teeth? Because he's got tiny teeth. I've had I, them in Smallland. <laughs> I want to be a chicken so I can be held by Haas. <laughs> the food court at the Winter Springs Mall looks exactly like a charity bazaar. <laughs> yeah, it does. We can do it right there in the mall. Oh man. I I gotta I guess I I gotta be Paul Wainwright I I what Wainwright Cartwright I gotta be Ben Cartwright uh, or Wainwright. Wainwright. I want to be Mrs. Buford. Yeah, or Beaufort. Buford. Buckward. Actually, I want to be uh, Buford because he's such a young man. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's a great idea, Amy. I'd love to do some LARPing, get together and do some Bonanza LARPing. Yeah, I'll get it organized and start making bars. Okay, yeah, set up a, a sign-up genius, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll all know what to bring. All right, so now what else? Okay, yeah, Virginia City's having a charity bazaar. Not clear what that is, but uh, <laughs> then uh, – what happens? Okay, couple of important things. This is when Clay and the boys are going to rob. They're going to break into the safe of Buford's store, uh, and it turns out there's only fifty dollars in there. And I don't know how. I don't. It just seems. How did this go wrong? I can't even imagine. But anyway, there's only fifty dollars in the safe, and that's disappointing. And uh, is this okay? And then that's when Buford walks in. He happens to walk into his store. And uh, a clay pistol whips him, and that's that scene. And then we see uh, uh, what? Uh, oh yeah, so the bad guys are having a hard time now. Lita shows up; she's a little bit late for the dressmaking contest at the charity bazaar because Clay was gonna bring her into town, but he didn't show up. She doesn't know why, and but she so she got there on her own power. She shows up a little bit late, but boy, Mrs. Buford doesn't want to see her one bit. Mrs. Buford seems to believe she's just as guilty. As her hung menfolk, uh, she don't like her one bit, and she ignores her. And then this was quite a moment. I, maybe I should have had the clip ready, but I don't. But it's she says she goes. Look, I'm entering. I made a wedding dress. It's my wedding dress. I'm going to wear when I get married. I'm putting it in the dress competition. And Mrs. Buford just pushes it onto the ground, onto the dirty ground. You ever see anything so hostile in your wow. life? Wow. Sometimes when I do trade shows. People, you see that kind of thing when you do trade? What do you bring to a trade show? Well, like You know, I just bring in some of my new things like, um, like you know, family gun holsters or, or just 
any product that, you know, Bibles, my own Bibles that I've written myself, a rewrite so a woman right. can understand it, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes they just, they push off. They, they, they physically push me away. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I'm sorry to hear that it happened. It's that the kind of thing goes on in the, our it civilized world. all the time in crafting. Oh, oh, the crafting world. Cutthroat. Do we, well, do we also learn that uh, Ben Cartwright judged last year's dressmaking competition? Sure yes. did. Who is that? Amy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's true. And ben he does not want to repeat. He does not want to repeat that experience because it was so awful. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. Those, those bitches take it too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that is what he said. I'm not sure if those were the words, but I think that was the message. Yeah, good point. He did not want to judge the dress competition. And I think, uh, basically, from what I understand, the competition last year sounds like it was Haas put on each one of these dresses, and then Ben had to decide which one looked best on Haas. Well, I, think what happened. I, I think that is what happened. And he had to wear a fake false beard as well. Yeah. <laughs> It's very confusing. Oh, yeah. False beard. They talk about that, too. Well, then, uh, okay. Now, Buford, Harvey Buford, stumbles out of his store with, uh, it looks like a, a Halloween store scab glued onto his head. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you bump into some rhubarb? What happened? <laughs> but it, it turns out. Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> He got jelly on his forehead. <laughs> but it's fatal jelly. He is. Uh, that It turns out he will succumb to that injury. Uh, and uh, but before he dies, he says it was Clay Renton. What did this to my head? And Ben organizes a posse right there on the spot. But he sends them. Uh, intentionally on a bit of a goose chase. He sends them, he knowingly sends a, 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 a the angry mob to some place where he doesn't think they're going to find Clay Renton because this is another one of them times where the Cartwrights alone want to bring somebody in alive and have them stand trial, and the whole rest of the rabble just wants to string them up. And they talk a lot about getting your neck stretched in this episode. I'm not yeah. I'm getting my neck stretched for that. They, they don't seem to understand. That's not what happens when you get hung, by the way. It is not a neck stretching. <laughs> the point is, the neck doesn't stretch. If the neck stretched, <laughs> you'd have no problems. In a minute, your feet would be on the ground. Yeah, it's a pants shitter. That's what I understand happens when you get hanged. Yeah, that's right. They, they That's wishful thinking. My neck's going to stretch. Well, let's do see you, here. Yeah. Do you think, if you don't mind my asking, do you think the Cartwrights might make all of their money really from any time there's a criminal in town? They go, look up by the lake, and they send everybody off so that they can bring them in and collect the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bounty hunter operation. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Wouldn't, they wouldn't do that because they're godlike. Yeah, that's true. They are godlike. That's true. They are the only principled people in the entire American West. I'm just saying they could be Greek godlike. Oh, oh I see. Oh. So sometimes principled and other times uh, committing all kinds of rapes. Like the Greek gods. 
like the great gods. Well, so Clay now. Oh, oh, Ben. Uh, what is it there? Oh, but ben, oh, yeah. The hot, the Cartwright boys run into Clay's gang. Uh, minus Clay. So that's all taken care of. Those other fellas that's part of it has all been captured very easily. And then Clay goes to Lita's house, which I think is where Adam and Ben figure he's going to go. And Ben says, I'm going to go meet him there. And Clay uh, is in there talking to Lita. And then he hides in a bedroom. And, what, and Ben, does Ben come in? No, Ben doesn't come. Yeah, they have Ben a long, goes in. He, does he well, go in in that scene? Ben finds a horse that's been ejaculated on, so he knows that Clay <laughs> is inside. Oh, that's right. Oh, Ben goes inside, and he's looking for Clay, and Lita says he ain't here, and she gives a very convincing performance that Clay is not hiding on the other side of that door, and she is just all in for defending her husband, and she sends Ben out the door. And she, she says, said, my husband is not here and he has not ejaculated on that horse. <laughs> she says, this is the scene where she says, Malvet women could always be proud because they always stood up for the men they loved. This is just, it's a family tradition. A Malvet woman, regardless of what is going on with her man, she'll stand up for him. And so, so she's kind of chosen her place here. She mm. is with Clay. And that's when Ben goes out and he's like, okay. I guess I'm leaving. But then he notices another horse, Clay's horse. And yes, he puts his hand on that horse and his hand comes away with, <laughs> I just, what was going on? It it's an Arabian jizz horse. <laughs> it can only be that, that yeah. someone had ejaculated upon that horse. Likely it was Clay. <laughs> Excited from taking another man's life with the butt end of his pistol. He had to do what he had to do. This and this shot. tells Ben that Clay is in there. He went from using the butt end of his pistol to the pointy end of his pistol. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real. What was that white stuff? Honestly, <laughs> it's so strange. I think it's meant to be because when Clay arrives, he talks about how he rode in real hard and fast on his horse. Oh, yeah. sweat. Yeah. yeah, it's horse it's sweat. sweat. When I saw that scene, what I thought was at first they went, they used water and they filmed it and they went, well, it doesn't look like anything. And then they used like silver paint and they went, well, that's too much. And then they added some sort of. Ejaculatory yes. style goo, and they went, "Yep, there it is." I mean, we've we've wasted enough time on this now, so why don't we just keep what we shot, and we'll figure it out when we edit the damn thing together. Who's the Warner Brothers jizz boy? Is he on uh, the lot today? Can we get him in here? Oh, Clark! I, I Hi, believe Clark. it was Mel Blank's nephew. He just walks I mean, around with a. Being honest, it does look a lot like a signature cheese ball melted from Hickory Farms. <laughs> oh, like a bacon and green onion cheese spread. Cubby, you're being too honest. I think nobody who hears this is going to ever buy that again after everything we've said about it. Well, I would, Cubby. Okay, well, that, all right. She, who was this that, is Cubby? All okay. right, but now. By the way, it would have been enough for Ben just to have seen the horse, period. <laughs> what difference does it make that the horse is sweaty? Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, they had a hard We're time. Yeah. yeah. They had a real hard time depicting horse sweat um, and that didn't need to do it in the first place. But now Ben knows Clay is in there. That's, that's the important part of all this. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
And uh, so Clay inside there, he's got a plan to escape with Lita. And but she's kind of like, well, hey, if you're innocent, like you tell me you are, then go ahead on out there, present yourself to Ben, stand trial. Everything will be fine. That's rational. But Clay doesn't want to do that because, well, because he knows he's guilty of killing Harvey Buford. Now, and then then he 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 convinces her of a false equivalency where he says, did you steal that dress comparing her being sexually harassed at her egg job? Right. <laughs> and him killing a man. Yeah. So we're both there. We're all in this together. But the funny aren't. thing, too, is he never, he, he must have some ethic where he's not going to lie to his wife because she says, did you kill Harvey Buford? And he goes, did you steal those shoes? Which uh, the answer to that is no, she did not steal those shoes. But that's not, that's a different it's subject. Not, it's, <laughs> yeah, totally that's- a, it's totally a logical fallacy. <laughs> it's just like... It, it's a, well, did you shave your legs this morning? It doesn't make any sense at all. It is not an answer to the question did that's been asked. Did you kill that man? Well, did you shave did you your come legs? Up? Uh, n- no, I didn't. Then I therefore, it follows that I did not, would not have killed that Let's man. But I'm go out guns a blazing. Let me ask you, Clay Renton, did you come on that horse? <laughs> And they were going to go to start all over again rehab where you grab a sack and you get a horseback ride. And That's you right. start anew. You grab a sack and let it fly on the horseback. Yeah, I forget what his role was going to be in their escape, but he throws her a gunny sack and says, fill it with all the things we'll need to hide out forever. That was now. I don't know about you. I've been married seven times, and at no time have I ever thrown any sort of luggage or packing material <laughs> at one of my ladies, and have that end uh, well. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's. Right. I don't. And but well, we never get to see what she thinks ought to go in that bag because <laughs> uh, the the mob shows up. The mob figured it out. They got they got derailed by Ben up to some lake, but now they, they got to that lake and said, hey, wait a minute, maybe we should go to the house where we know he frequents. They and, did it again. They're going to collect that money on, on that bounty. Yep. The mob shows up, including the widow Buford dressed in mourning. She is a, a sort of an odd person to tag along on the hanging posse. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Recently deceased husband automatically in the lynching mob. This is yep. Dalton. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hi, Dalton. Well, pe- people, a lot of men don't think women like violence, but yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I guess that's what we like mob justice. Mob justice. Well, that's what she's there for. She wants to see it in her in her black shawl. Uh, uh, excuse me. That's called a mantilla. Oh, is that what that is that she's yeah, wearing? Fuck. I don't ever anyone get that wrong again. Oh well, all right. I, I beg your pardon. Mantilla. In fact, fuck this. I gotta go. No I'm wait, but don't go. Don't go. I, I'll say it again. Mantilla. Okay. She's got a black. We'll edit it. Ryan, cut out where I said it was a shawl. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little charged. Sorry. Okay. Well, so, uh, all right. She says, what happens if she grabs a shotgun and and he's so stupid that he says, oh, good plan. I'll walk out there with you putting a shotgun on me and we'll make like I'm surrendering. And then and then things will happen and we'll get away. (laughs) He puts. Yeah. 
Yeah, he puts his gun in his boot. Gun in his boot. He's it's like a comedy scene. Like, oh, that's a really good idea, baby. And then it's yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It, it, but in fact, she she means to aim a shotgun at this terrible man. Oh, you know what happens? You know what it gives her to know that Clay is a scoundrel is that she grabs up her wedding dress. She's going to for sure put that in the gunny sack and he throws it on the ground. <gasps> Second twice. time in this episode, That's somebody twice. threw this Dude. poor woman's wedding dress on the dirt ground. That's product. That's product. You yeah. can't take yeah. someone's, uh, you know, everything that they have in their inventory. Yeah. I'd say throw my wedding dress on the ground once, shame on me. Throw it on the ground twice, shame on I you. Do. I'm a, I, I do, and I'm getting a shotgun. So, so the plan is that 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 Alita is going to pretend to turn him in. Is that what they're saying? And then he'll make a run for it. And then it seems yeah. like you would she would just hand him over. Then at that point, and I guess it did maybe, seem like the plan changed a couple times too. I I couldn't tell. She's going to walk out with a shotgun. He's got a secret gun in his boot. They're going to say, all right, see, we're surrendering. All you angry mobsters, throw your guns in a pile. <laughs> and, and then he pulls the gun from his boot and she opens fire. They kill them all and escape. Yeah. I think maybe that's... And they live forever on all the food she's packed in that tiny gunny sack. No, yeah. I think Ben Cartwright's the one that saves the day, isn't he? He Suddenly you go, wow, he's fast. And he shoots Clay, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, well, because Lita betrays uh, Clay and she says, take a look in his boot. I don't know why she doesn't just say, he's got a gun in his boot. She's being a little <laughs> mysterious about it. You, you all fellas up for a scavenger hunt? Yeah. <laughs> First, inspect his boot. What's black leather and goes around ten little piggies? Well, and the the Malvet women now have not always stood by their men. That's true. Mm. She has broken the Malvet tradition. Broken the code. Wow. Well, I think she broke that code when she decided not to get her neck stretched with her brother and father. Mm. Oh, you're right. That's a good mm. point. Well, now he he uh, Clay decides his best bet is to grab try to grab hold of that shotgun, and when he turns around to do it, Ben guns him down, and Clay falling to the ground dying says, "Oh, almost like he's looking for sympathy from Ben. He's like, I just wanted to steal all your money <laughs> <laughs> and possibly kill you in an escape." <laughs> so, just, just to confirm, you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically right. And then uh, he falls down dead in bed and says he, he had a chance at something much bigger than a payroll heist, meaning the love of a good woman like Lita. Mm. And what, yeah, and he blew it. He blew it by murdering Harvey Buford. Yeah. Oh, well. And then, well, now Lita has redeemed herself, and uh, we find out why, story-wise, well, the widow Buford is there because she she now is going to go apologize to Lita, and that's that's what ends our episode, an apology. And that nice? do you think maybe she kills her, Lita, and that's just we just don't see it? No, I thought she was going to hire her as a retail shop fitter and oh. dress designer for her her clothing. Oh, oh. that's a good idea. That's right. Yeah. Now the widow Buford is going to run Buford's dry goods, and there's going to be uh, little uh, eggs and dresses, and dresses for humans as well. Yeah, 
And she's going to rebuild her reputation by suppressing the false rumors from before, which is what I do for my husband. You know, he's made he's made of dead other human beings, but that doesn't mean that he isn't a creature. He's fun. I'm, I'm sure. Hey, I just want to say, though, oh. if he starts trying to teach swimming lessons to little girls, keep him away from it. Yeah. Got that right. Well, he's trying. He is looking for work on Monster dot com. Oh, <laughs> god damn! <laughs> Somebody's got to shut down that website. Find all these jobs for monsters. Jesus Christ, man! I, look, nobody ever said Frankenstein wasn't fun. I'm not surprised to hear he's fun. Problem is, he's a goddamn monster and a freak of science. Oh, Amy, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed to hear that you will stand by your man, even though your man is literally stitched together from dead bodies and animated with lightning. Yeah, Terrible. you're essentially standing by men. Is not, well, is not God in all of us, and therefore is he not a child of God? Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I just love him. Well... <laughs> I mean, love is, you can't do nothing about me. You can't, a man cannot tell a woman who to love, as Ben Cartwright says in this episode. But he can kill her husband. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing he can do, or her fiancé, in the case of what happens in this episode. Folks, that does bring this episode to a close. And I am sorry to say, it always breaks my heart to have to update this, but there's only 414 episodes oh, of Bonanza man. left for us to talk about. Oh, oh. It's really, really getting Where does the time go? Yeah. Before you know it, it'll be, we'll be, it'll be less than 400, and then we'll be almost done. Say it. Well, folks, uh, uh, and anything further to say about this episode of, uh, of Bonanza? Any other points you wish to make or any anything else about it. I just, I just oh you say something. No, sorry. please, please. I just want to say if somebody comes to our house and tries to kill us, that there's just as good a chance we'll kill them or each other by accident because we have guns in the house. <laughs> you say would you say that the chances are equal that you will be killed or that your assailant will be killed or that you will kill one another. Those yes. are all equal. That's the same odds of going up against Spence when you taunt him to shoot you. That's right. 50-50, except there's three options, so it's 33 and a third across oh, the board. Right, right. <laughs> yep. Revolutions right. per minute. What were you going to say there, Mutt Taylor? Oh, nothing. I just taken up from the Amy Sleverson playbook, and I'm now selling an item based on this episode, which is a Palomino jizz chamois for your biggest horse. And you can pick those up at my shipping container. You have to drive up there to get it, and I will be in just white briefs and lumberjack spikes, but don't worry too much about it. <laughs> okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't leave, uh, can't leave uh, ejaculate on a horse for too long. Uh, all right. Anybody else? Yeah, I I just like to invite y'all to come down to Winter Springs Mall to my Hickory Farms kiosk. We got discount Lily's Q barbecue rub set featuring Carolina Dirt barbecue rub, and we got baking smoked cheddar blend. <laughs> Cheeses wow. were right by the hot topic. You can know it by the people wearing black capes and they're real pale and they're wearing makeup. Uh, people wearing black capes. Right Did you place. say capes? Yeah, black oh. capes. It's a hot topic right there. Uh oh. 
I didn't know they were capes at the Hot Topic. And oh, they're pale? Long. And do they got like sharpened teeth? Most of them, yeah. But they oh. take the bus. They sure do. <laughs> and they just, they congregate right there at the Hot Topic. So that's how you'll know you're in the right place. You'll just see a bunch of people wearing black capes and just uh, makeup and well, dark I eyes. Am, I am not here to talk about monsters, but it sounds like you've got some goddamn vampires hanging around the Winter Springs Mall Hot Topic. Ever and I that? aim to do something about it. Dalton, I just want to say, don't move your head, because right now your microphone <laughs> screensaver makes it look like you got a real evil, melodramatic Fu Manchu mustache. I know, I know. I noticed that myself. I just took a screenshot. We'll put it up on the Instagram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I that That's, that would be a very peculiar mustache that on one side is a giant black circle <laughs> and on the other side extends beyond your chin. You either look like a melodrama villain or either Siegfried or Roy. Yeah, I'll take it either way. Either way it comes. Anybody got anything they wish to promote? Uh, I know that you can find the album Mount Us More on a band camp. That's the Journeyman's album. Is that where you find it? Yeah, check it out. You can either search for the journeyman Mount Usmore or just go Super Ego and you'll find it there. Man, that's a that's the only country album you'll ever need. Uh and uh Amy Slaverson, you got your uh, know your place dating service and uh, uh that sounds great. Yeah, well you're fine. I mean, I have um a single who's currently up at Fresno State and uh you know, she's a gal who she's in until she won't tell you what she's in for but she gets out in 2032 and she just she just loves to draw and sketch and hopes to to get into tattoo artistry you know outside of prison um and she, she is out. available for love for love and marriage and that's what she she really wants to get married you oh. know it's not she's not playing around I see. Okay, that's good to know, man. If you're if you're tired of playing games and you're ready to get married to a woman who will be free by 2032, uh, check out the Know Your Place dating service. Right. That's it. Know okay. your place where you'll meet your kind. <laughs> that's your kind. All righty. Well, that's it. Another episode of Bonanza in the Books. I do want to thank our guests, Shunt McGuppin, Cubby Lauderborn, and Jimmy Blades of the Journeymen, and uh, as always, Mutt Taylor and Amy Slaverson. Now, uh, uh, I move that we close this episode of Bananas for Bonanza. Will anyone second the motion? Reluctant second. Reluctant second. The motion is on the floor. Those in favor of closing this episode of Bananas for Bonanza signify by saying aye. Uh, I, I, I abstain. Are you abstaining? <laughs> I have an abstention. Oh, all right. That's fair. You have a conflict of interest, so that's an abstention. But everybody else, uh, the motion carries. Uh, and that is the end of this episode of Bananas for Bonanza. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> bye bye. Bananas for Bonanza is brought to you by Andy Daly with Maria Bamford and Matt Gorley. Theme song by Matt Gorley with The Journeyman, which in this case are Mark McConville, Daniel Nuchikoff, and Wade Ryan. Special thanks to our gang on the ground, Josh Richmond and Shannon Locke. Bananas for Bonanza is produced by Ryan Connor and Matt Gorley and executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bennett. We'll see you next time.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.